Welcome in, DFSers. It's April, and maybe you're asking yourself, why is this in my feed? Why, why is this showing up in my feed? But we're coming hot because it's that time of the year. We need to talk about the NFL draft. We've got to talk about all the things that we've been learning in the offseason. I'm here. Uh, I'm Kyle Borgannoni, and I'm here with my boy, Matthew Betts. Betts, it's glad to be back. God, this just feels right. You know, this just feels right to be back on the mic with you, Kyle, man. It's been a, a sad couple of months. Like, you know, I just, I've had this void in my life. Like, we haven't talked about DFS. We haven't talked about high-level strategy. We haven't talked betting, best ball, any of that stuff. And it's kind of fun to do it now because there's no pressure of, like, the weekly schedule of, like, oh, this week we got to make sure we hit on our cash plays and our DraftKings picks and all these things. Like, we just get to talk strategy. And I love that more than anything, especially because... I can't name another DFS show. Yes, a DFS show that's going on in April. I mean, are we are we out of our minds at this point? I think we might be. But I hope it gives our listeners a leg up on the competition. You're doing your homework now before the season is even remotely close. So uh, I'm excited, man. This is going to be a fun year. It's like those classes that you took in college where like so much of the class was just discussion-based. And so people could kind of give their theories. They can kind of say, this is what, this is what I think we should be, you know, talking about in class. And then when it, comes time to test day like we'll see whose theories actually mattered and so yeah these next couple of months are gonna be fun man because we're gonna get to talk about some high level strategy we're gonna talk about some prop bets um some things that we've learned in the offseason and hopefully that's gonna steamroll uh into august uh and september when we're gonna have some dfs contests we got a lot of great things this year some good partnerships lined up so i'm excited and so i wanted to start off bets and kind of unpack that question. Why are you and I doing a pod and providing content right now for a DFS podcast if we know the first game isn't until early September? So for you, why are you pumped uh, to record and just get on the mic? Well, the, the, the biggest answer to this question is, is why are we doing this? We're, we're crazy. That's the answer. I mean, we're nuts about football. We're nuts about strategy. We're nuts about all the things that go on behind the scenes for you to be successful DFS player potentially if you're a gambler if you're into sports betting if you're into best ball those kind of things it's so so easy to get kind of lost in the weeds like june july rolls around and you're like oh crap like i have my draft coming up i have a best ball draft that i need to do all these things so if you're ahead of the competition and you're in kind of into it now and you understand kind of how the market is unfolding you know you get to have that advantage on people that you're drafting against and really kind of get to start the DFS prep now. So that's why I'm so excited about this. You know, this is kind of an idea that we pitched to the guys like, hey, how, how would that be weird? Would that be crazy if we did this in April and we started this in the off season? And, you know, they said yes. And then we kind of convinced them that it was a good idea. And, and here we are. So, yeah, man, I'm excited to, to talk about these high level strategies here moving forward. And I think, honestly, you're bearing the lead because about a month ago, maybe it's a little less than that, you got to announce that you got to come on at a, a bigger capacity as lead writer, injury experts with fantasy footballers. So you and I get to interact, you know, even more than we did last season. Um, you're part of the ballers team more than just a writer. Uh, this is something that, you know, you and I get to live and breathe and figure out what content's good, figure out for DFS and, and plan. So part of it was you and I just wanted to tag team and 
continue what the ballers do so well. Like we wanted to be able to provide year round content. And we think apart from just DFS, like this is a DFS show, there's so much more that goes into the strategy. Uh, there's so much more into learning theory. And so some of the things we'll talk about today is what we've learned in the off season. Like what are the things that you and I have already pieced together, you know, February, March, we're in April right now. And uh, we'll get to talk about some of those things, but I'm just excited for you and I each week to talk about some of the things related to what we're seeing, you know, what we're seeing and things move in the market. And we'll talk about a couple of prop bets that you and I really liked and things have already shifted a lot. Um, so I really, really, dude, I'm just excited to talk and talk about football. It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be a great, great season. I'm really excited to have our listeners along for the ride. So let's get to it. All right. If you want to follow us, you can follow us uh, bets at at the fantasy PT and I'm at Kyle underscore Borg. You can go on iTunes, subscribe and review. And another way we just want to kind of unpack what we do is this year, the ultimate draft kit has this special edition called the UDK plus. And we're going to get to provide not only DFS content, but this year we have a dynasty pass that Bets and I have gotten to give some energy to. We'll have another update after the NFL draft. So there's there's a ton packed in the UDK, but this year you get the DFS pass as part of that package. So really you get all of this in one. We'll keep referencing it, but we're going to add so much to the DFS pass this year. So there's so much that I think you'll want to get your hands on and uh, more than just the articles, more than just you know, our picks, uh, there's going to be a lot of things that we get into, but I wanted to start off this first episode kind of unpacking a little bit more about you bets. So I'm calling this segment Betsa Palooza. He's so hot right now. <laughs> I, don't think I was wondering where that was going. I had no idea. <laughs> you know, I couldn't oh, find, I couldn't get a Betsa Palooza drop yet, uh, but you know, there's a lot of good puns that you get with your name. And this segment is a chance for the listeners to just kind of get to know you even more. Um, they've kind of got to see your writing, see you on the Injury Blitz podcast. Um, but some of these are fun. Some of those are fantasy related. But we're going to do a couple of just like quick fire questions. Uh, and then later in the episode, we're going to talk about what we've learned and then our favorite uh, prop bets that you and I actually took for the NFL draft. So we actually have a little bit of money on the line for this. So first question, Betsy, you ready? Oh, I don't know. Okay, I'm ready. All right, this is real simple. Give me your most awkward middle school moment. All right. Oh, it was sixth grade. This was a rough year for all of us that at our sixth grade. It's it's a weird year. You're awkward. You don't know your body. Um, you're you're sort of learning how to, to be cool around your friends and around girls. <laughs> oh no, I let my <laughs> oh yeah. My sister, I let her cut my hair. I was desperate need of a haircut in sixth grade. And I remember it was like right before the start of school. God, I looked like Lloyd Christmas from Dumb and Dumber by the time she was done. It was so bad. I had to enter middle school with this haircut and just be so embarrassed the first two or three weeks before it actually started to grow out. I think from the second I walked into school and then had to take the hat off and then the second I walked out of school, the hat went back on. So I was just in hat mode for three or four weeks straight. Uh, that was rough. And I'm surprised I actually had friends. So that, that was that was a rough, rough time for me. <laughs> Kids always wearing a hat, mom. This is uh, this guy's kind of awkward. 
God, uh, it was bad, man. It was so bad. And I, I never let her live it down, too. I always make, you know, we make fun of each other all the time as siblings. And when I'm home for the holidays and stuff, I'll give her a hard time. And she's like, well, you know, you moved. I'm like, yeah, well, even if I moved a little, like you shouldn't make me look like Lloyd Christmas with a bowl cut. It was that, so bad. That info got oh, passed man. on to your next school. Um, yeah. And the, oh, yeah. The thing is, is I had my peak moment in fourth grade. It's when I actually thought I was, I mean, I was cool. I'll be honest. I was a pretty cool kid in fourth grade, star of the school play. Like, yeah, I mean, I was, I was kind of a big deal, but that was the peak. So if you peak that early, because there's kids that peaked in middle school. Um, but what you're saying is you haven't hit your peak. I think I'm still trending up, man. Oh, 29, I mean, about to be 30. Like I'm, I'm, I'm on my come up right now. I've been going downhill, but um, I'm doing all right. All right, next question. Give me, this fantasy question, give me an under-the-radar wide receiver this year. Under-the-radar, meaning probably not going to be in the top 15 or 20. Ooh, okay. I didn't know that criteria coming in, but thankfully, I picked a wide receiver outside of the top 20. In fact, outside of the top 24 in underdog best ball ADP as of April, that man is Cooper Cup, who is currently going as the wide receiver 25, and he is getting the best quarterback he has ever played with in an offense that is going to unleash Matthew Stafford with Sean McVay. So I'm very, very excited about always Robert Woods. I mean, he's always the, the cover boy for underrated guys. But Cooper Cup, I believe, is going to have fringe wide receiver one, wide receiver two upside this year. And if you're getting him to me in a situation as a wide receiver three for your roster, all about Cooper Cup this year. Yeah, his major issue was just lack of touchdowns last year. And so, yeah, that's probably going to dock him for a lot of people. So, yeah, in best ball, if people are all about Stafford this year, which did you see Stafford's like for MVP bets? He's like fourth, like yeah. fourth highest. That's pretty did, wild. What, do you know what the latest odds are? I actually uh, it, bet it about a month ago when they just came out the first time. And I got it at 16 to one. Yeah, it was 15 last time I saw it. Okay. Moving the line, no big deal. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> that's what you do. All right. Speaking <laughs> of quarterbacks, um, Josh Allen or Kyler Murray this year? Oh gosh, man, this is this is a toss up. I honestly went back and forth a couple times, but I'm going to go with Kyler. I'm going to go to the hometown crew out in Arizona with the guys and the ballers. But the thing about Kyler Murray is we kind of forget like he was head and shoulders above Josh Allen for a while before that shoulder injury to the AC joint. And if you recall, there was like a month stretch where he didn't run the football. He didn't really throw it that well either. He kind of just got by. And when I say got by, he was still like a top 10 quarterback for fantasy, but he was the quarterback one for most of the year until that injury. And now you're getting a situation where, I mean, God, Cliff Kingsbury, please, 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 please open up the offense inside the 20. They let Kenyon Drake run to the back of the lineman all the time. I hope that gets corrected. And if you see a little positive variance there, bounce back to more pass attempts inside the red zone. Kyler's going to smash with his rushing upside. And then, of course, the ability to throw the football, too, with DeAndre Hopkins in his second year. So it's a tough call. I lean Kyler. Always love Josh Allen. But what about you, man? What do you think? I'm probably leaning Kyler just because the way that the Bills ran their offense last year, they were running at three wide receivers, four wide receivers at just such a high clip. I don't know if they'll be able to run the exact same offense. Like, it'll be interesting to see what they do in the draft. Um, it, I just think Kyler's due and he's going to be cheaper. Um, so th there's just a lot there that, that makes me want it. The thing about quarterbacks this year, you can't just subscribe, especially in redraft, to I want to take quarterbacks late because quarterbacks overall are being pushed up like overall for ADP. So when we get into some of those best ball shows, 
I'll be interested to see where these guys go because Josh Allen, last time I looked, was uh, 39th overall. So you're going to have to get him in the mid-third, like, you know, early fourth round. Like, that's just not where I want to pick a quarterback unless you're stacking. Like, I get it if you went digs and then you got Allen. Like, I understand, but that's just a little early for me. So I, I like Murray just on a value standpoint, but uh, quarterback ADP, you can't bank on what it's been in the past. It's going to be different this year. All right, let's mix this one up. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question about Monica. It's your wife. Uh, tell me something that Monica is really good at that you aren't. Many things, several things, <laughs> countless things. <laughs> uh, I'll go with the two biggest ones that come to mind. Cooking. She is a great cook. I am like, I'll, I'll cook well enough to eat and be satisfied. And it's like, <laughs> I'm fine. Like, you know, I'll slap some veggies and rice and a piece of chicken together. And like, I'm good to go. But she loves to like create these elaborate meals and like really cooks. And I benefit because I just eat it. So it's awesome for me. She's an awesome cook. I am not. Uh, and then creativity and like organization for her is huge. She's a teacher. So she crushes an organization where I have like, you know, at any point in time, if you look at the computer, I've got like 17 different tabs open for an article that I'm writing. And like, I have like a sticky note with a stat that I wanted to include. And I've got papers over here and things over there. And I've got a note on my phone. And I'm just I'm all over the place. So she's way better at organizing much better cook than I am. I would say, you know, with Emma, she is way more organized as well. She's really I'm putting my wife on blast right now. She does not care if like she doesn't see it, then it doesn't matter if it's like messy. So like a, a junk drawer, no big deal. Just throw whatever you want in there. A closet, if the, door, if the door's shut, totally fine. And I remember calling her out early in marriage. I was like, I thought you liked things clean. That was a bad answer. That was, <laughs> <laughs> I failed miserably on that one. Oh uh, man. All right, this is a next question. Okay, it's a kind of an either or. Would you rather, is DFS related, win the Millie Maker? but go 0 for 17 in cash or this year, 0 for 18 um, or not win the Millie maker, but you cash every single week. Uh, so this on the surface seems like an obvious answer. Millie it's like, maker. yeah, that's pick, pick the Millie, right? But I'm a cash game player for the most I know. part. And I pride myself in that. <laughs> so to go 0 and 17 in cash as someone who I think touts themselves as a cash game player would be, not good for the brand. <laughs> However, a million dollars sounds pretty freaking sweet. So I will take the L in cash. And, and yeah, give me the milli, man. Come on. I, I was thinking about the not only the mental strain of not cashing, but then even for our show each week, if we go on each week, we tell people picks and they're just wrong. Like that's that's what you and I, that's what ballers do this all the time with their rankings. Like it's not just I have, you know, my own teams, my own DFS lineups, like I actually want people to do well. I want people to, you know, win some money with DFS. And so there's that side of it is like, I won this million dollars. And everyone else is like, yeah, but you didn't help me at all. So <laughs> it's, God, bets you're so selfish. It is tougher. When I wrote the question, I was like, I think it actually is a little bit tougher. But yeah, the Millie Maker. Uh, I mean, come on. you People win those once in a lifetime. And we're talking about a handful of people on this earth, right? I would love we'll, to be part of that crew. And well, then I'll the, quit the full. I'll quit the footballers. That's the thing, though, is if we win the Millie Maker, you and I are quitting, right? Oh gosh, yeah. Get <laughs> in my two weeks the day after. All right. Uh, next question: 
Give me a team that is awful in the NFL, but we'll be talking about for DFS in 2021. And last year, we talked about the Broncos. I don't know if you remember a lot at the end of the season because they kept being in games that were over 50 totals. So any team that come to mind? How about the Jaguars? I mean, obviously, we know who their quarterback's going to be. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence. Um, Our boy Marv is there. James Robinson, we played a ton last year in DFS and in fantasy. He was a rock star RB1. And now you're getting LaVisca Chenault in year two. You're getting Daryl Bevel under center, who's going to open up the passing game. He did that a lot with Matthew Stafford in Detroit. That vertical attack should bode very, very well for DJ Chark. So there's a lot to like about this team. I don't think they're going to be a winning team. Obviously, we saw them, you know, they ended up with the first pick in the draft for a reason. And they're not going to make a big enough jump to be a winning team. But they're going to be uh, a team that I think can put up some points on offense. And you look at the division, right? That division the afc south is going to be one of the worst in my opinion in the nfl this year because the defenses are not good so i want some jacksonville jaguars and dfs this year i'll tell you that right now um but it's gonna be fun to play trevor lawrence kind of similar to last year we played a little bit of joe burrow here and there you know in the right spots you could pick pick him and kind of mix and match and stack him with the t higgins or a tyler boyd i could see a very similar scenario here where they're underpriced relative to the upside that these guys have for sure and the crazy part, other than, you know, our boy Marvin Jones, it's it's the fact that that division, like you said, it's actually winnable. Like, we're not going to project the Jaguars to win, but like their win total was at six and a half. You look at that division, we've preached a lot about this. We'll talk about it again, but the Titans is a team that's due for regression. We don't know what to do with the Colts. We know the Texans are probably going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Like, there are wins available for that team. So I think they will be bad, but there will also be kind of sparks. I will, I'll throw out the Panthers. We talked about them last year a little bit with Curtis Samuel, but there's just playmakers there. We know we're going to be playing Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, super fun. And who knows, Sam Darnold's just a wild card. Um, We have no idea really what to do with him. But dude, maybe there's a Sam Darnold to Dan Arnold connection that nobody's really thinking about. You know what I'm saying? Definitely not. <laughs> the postman? No, but maybe. But listen, man, the postman, he <laughs> he's an underrated playmaker. Like there were definitely moments last year in Arizona where Kyler would hit him in the hands down the field and he'd be like, oh, here we go. Big play. And he would drop it. But if he holds on to those, man, he, you know, for a tight end, like, come on. So, yes, the uh, the Darnold to uh, Dan Arnold connection this year uh, that has Betts and Borg written all over it. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'll give you the odds going back to the Jaguars right now on DK Sportsbook. They're plus 800 to win the division, which I know is probably not something that anybody wants to do, but I don't think it's the craziest thing that you could ever do. And they're plus 100 to go over six and a half. So I think they could surprise. Uh, I'm not I'm not projecting them for that, but a seven and 10 season. Hey, it's it's not the worst. Yeah, I think I think that division propped, honestly, is is a good value bet. I mean, again, it's not like you're saying, oh, I'm going to take this to the bank. But listen, man, the Colts, if things go south, they're incentivized to sit Carson Wentz, right? Because they don't have to give my Eagles that first round pick if he plays uh, less than a certain percentage of the snap. So like, let's say they start off the season, you know, five and eight or something like that. And all of a sudden they're like, yeah, this isn't going well. Let's sit Carson Wentz. That team is now awful. And then you're looking at the Texans. They are going to be awful. Like, there's a realistic possibility that you know they have a better than plus 800 chance to actually take on the division. So I might talk myself into a little, a little sprinkle maybe on that one. We'll see. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you know, 
it's just I'm plus 800 throw 10 bucks see what happens whatever um but with the Colts you know the benefits of the Colts is that they're getting Carson Wentz salary paid for by your boys you know 33 million right pain just pain man come on <laughs> I had to stick it to you I had to bring it up hey if you guys haven't checked out the article on the website uh the fantasyfootballers.com Kyle and I wrote up a an article that we like talking about unders for teams implied totals and we'll talk a lot about these on the on the pod moving forward at different shows but i mean kyle just put me in a body bag on this one man talking about my eagles and how they're going to be awful under six and a half wins so check it out on the site it's it's a good write-up i had some fun writing up that one talking about uh the greats such as jordan howard and greg ward jr i mean there's some there's some playmakers they got buddy <laughs> so embarrassing <laughs> all right next question and this is perfect for you your expertise what is something that people commonly refer to injury wise that bugs you beyond just the label of hey this guy's injury prone is there anything injury wise that you're like i see this on twitter i see people bring this up and it just bugs the crap out of me yeah the injury prone label is probably the biggest one it's the most obvious one uh but i think on top of that you know, people get these projected timelines in the recovery and they sort of take it to the bank. You know, it's like, oh, so-and-so has a ankle sprain or MCL sprain. Like, they'll be back in two weeks. And and fantasy managers, DFS players, like, they just, they, they take it as fact. When in reality, in medicine, with rehab, like, it, there's usually a, a range of outcomes of this is the best case scenario, here's the worst case scenario. And it can be anywhere in between in terms of a recovery timeline. And the tricky part is, you know, these guys that are reporting it, um, the big wigs, right? Shefty and and rap sheet like they're getting these things from sources that are yeah they're close to these players but they don't really know what's going on in the trading room so it's always a little tricky and can be tedious when you hear those reports of being like you know he'll be a hundred percent in two weeks it's like well he might be like 75 percent in two weeks but i don't know that he'll be ready to commit to being you know on the field the way you want him to be so that's just one kind of word of caution i see that all the time and i just want to I want to give more information, which thank goodness we have the Injury Blitz podcast to do that. So uh, check that out at jointhefoot.com. Dude, that's the kind of insight that I would encourage anyone. You're not going to find that anywhere else. You're not going to find it in terms of bets telling you like, hey, you hear this timeline. Here's other scenarios because you can't just bank on four weeks, five weeks, whatever you see. So you're good at giving a range and you get to give that information to the Foot Clan. All right. A couple more questions and then we'll hop into something else. For your birthday. For your birthday, what meal are you eating? So you're like, hey, this is me. I get to pick for my birthday. What is the meal that you are picking? Yeah, so people, some people know this about me. I am a very, very, very healthy eater. Very strict all the time throughout the week. However, on my birthday, I mean, I'm going all out, man. I'm going a nice steak dinner or I'm going a burger with fries as a cheat meal because you know you got to live up live it up there's a place here where i live in vermont that i absolutely love they've got a burger that's got like bacon a fried egg all sorts of good stuff on top so usually uh, my wife and i'll go there and we'll uh, we'll live it up so that's my cheat meal for, for the year pretty much <laughs> <laughs> they let me have one yeah and, and i love it <laughs> i think about it all the time nice dude um for me it's sushi i love sushi and i think about it a lot and people, a lot. <laughs> people treat me, treat me to sushi. Like if, if I have like a family member in town or an old friend, like people know that I like sushi. So, whew. all right, two more. Um, give me an article of clothing that you cannot pull off. So we know famous footballers, Jason cannot pull off a fedora. If you remember a couple years ago, he had fedora week, 
oh, didn't yes. look so good. He's, he, I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes Jason can pull off a lot of stuff, but not a fedora. So what about for you? Yeah, I don't know if, if the specifics of the fedora is what I would say for me. Uh, I don't know that I've actually ever worn a fedora, so I can't tell you for sure. But in general, I have a really weird shaped head. Like it's kind of small compared to the rest of my body. So hats don't fit me super well. So I almost like have to buy like a child's hat or like an adjustable <laughs> that I can actually make small enough. <laughs> Otherwise, it just looks super awkward. The brim's too long. Like it's a whole thing. So, oh man, I, lo- I look rough in hats. Baseball hats specifically. So you got to go to like to Gap Kids instead. 100%. But the nice thing is it's cheaper, you know, so we all win. <laughs> you just been telling people for years like, dude, it's I'm saving money here. This is a child's hat. <laughs> this, is, this is totally fine. I'm not worried about this at all. You know, I can't really do a scarf. I feel like I'm from the South and so they're not as common, but I just feel like I've never been able to pull off like a really good scarf. Um, I feel like I was, if I was in Hogwarts, then it's kind of like I would be open to it, but I'm not. So I don't, but I'm not. (laughs) All right. Last one. Give me your favorite and your least favorite bets pun because they get used a lot and we're going to keep using them, especially talking about bets in general, like wagers. So give me your favorite and your least favorite bets pun that, I mean, I'm assuming you've heard some of these for a lot of your life. I have. And there really aren't that many that I don't like because oftentimes people will think of a new one that I'm like, oh, I never thought of that. So I do want to give a a good shout out to our boy, Jeff Greenwood at the fantasy ENG, which stands for engineer uh, on Twitter. He is a writer for us here at the ballers. Um, He says, you know, hey, we need some bets swag for the ballers. We get a t-shirt with these on and he lists his favorites. So I'm going to read those. Place your bets. If I were a betsing man, no one bets better. <laughs> Married to the bets. Don't forget your your bets. Uh, and then we have a, a string of comments. Hedge your bets. Bets the house. Save the bets for last. Bad habits. Uh, you, you're you the bets around. Nothing's ever going to keep you down is a fantastic one. So <laughs> there's a lot of good ones out there. I don't really have any ones that I don't like because uh, usually they make me laugh and, you know, I go for like dad humor and stuff. So those are easy ones to make me laugh. So I, I love all those that, that were in the comments there. Yeah, I, I'm still I'm still, you know, messing around with what's what's going to be perfect for the show and whatnot. But if you like one, if you listen to the show, throw it out to us. Hit bets up on Twitter at the fantasy PT. That would be so good. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta read. Checking in with the wise guys. Go for it, dude. Go for it. I got to read one more. I'm sorry. <laughs> That was bad timing. Uh, this one is fantastic. I like big bets, and I cannot lie. Dude, that, that, I'm going to have to get that drop in. And I don't know if it's going to be safe for the kids, but... Um, Not. Yeah. Sir mix right. We already talked about Mike. We already talked about Mike Glennon on here, man. <laughs> At this point, it's, you know, all bets are off. There you go. True. There it is. <laughs> That's true. So the drop talked about listening to the wise guys. And we're going to kind of do this during the offseason where Bets and I talk a little bit about what we've been learning and really this is a chance for us and us meaning not just us two talking on the mic but for us as a group you listening wherever you're at you know on the toilet or you're on a run wherever you know the two places that people listen to podcasts maybe in the car uh to just kind of be in a forum where we get to learn and bets and i started this really cool thing guys let me tell you a book club and <laughs> it got wild. It, things things happened. And really what this is a chance for us is to hone in on a craft, to learn some stuff. 
And so we have some books and some, you know, different YouTube things that we would love to recommend if you kind of want to jump in with us during the off season. It's the perfect time to kind of get a 10,000 foot view of how does sports work? How does forecasting work? How does, you know, predictions, all of those things, there's not just a, I have a gut or there's a good matchup. There's so much more to it. And so we'll first kind of just quickly talk about some ideas we learned from a book called Super Forecasting. And there's some really sharp people in the industry. I want to give a shout out to Matthew Friedman, Action Network, smart dude. Um, I feel like I've learned a lot from him, but recommended this book and Betts and I got to read it and really just wanted to give a couple of quick points. Um, and we sound super smart when we talk about it, but really it was just us just saying like, what do, what do you think? So Betts, any quick thoughts you want to give on this? Yeah, for sure. Um, the, the book is, it's a lot. Like, you know, sometimes I would have to kind of go back and read a couple of things twice because it's sort of this, you know, idea of like being able to forecast what's going to happen in the future sounds crazy, right? And there's a reason people are wrong all the time. It's the reason weathermen are wrong all the time is that nothing ever has 100% accuracy. And that was kind of my takeaway from it. The, the overall big picture is like, you know, in DFS, in fantasy, we all fall in love with players and we fall in love with takes, you know, um, I'm trying to think of a good example for me last year. It was Terry McLaurin. Like I had zero doubts that he was going to finish inside the top 15 at the wide receiver position locked and loaded. Don't even think twice about it. And I kind of missed like the whole, like, yeah, well bets. If you're forecasting that forward, like don't forget to think about what probability chance there is that it doesn't happen. And here's how it can go South. So I think trying to, you know, kind of take bias out of the equation and try to look at things from more of an analytical view to me was the overall take home message that I got. And I'm really excited to implement that into the sports betting market, into DFS, into best ball, into all those things. So um, that was kind of my big take home from the book. Yeah. And I think for both of us getting to do this more as our profession, it's really caused me to look and say, okay, when I give a prediction or forecast, how much information do I really have in front of me? And, and one of the quotes from the book said, quit pretending you know things you don't and start running experiments. In other words, quit pretending you have all the information. You may have 20%. That's a starting place, but don't pretend that you have all of it. Um, and I think about this a lot in terms of forecasting. Like for DFS, we talk about week to week, but right now for best ball, uh, for props and stuff, you only have a little bit of the information. So one of the props we'll talk about later is about Justin Fields and Mac Jones and Trey Lance. Like that's the hot topic right now is who's going to be that quarterback at pick three but we don't have all of the information. We actually don't even have all the information about pick two. Like every mocker has Zach Wilson there, but let's not pretend that's a foregone conclusion. Like Trevor Lawrence is the only one we really know on the board, like because they've kind of said it. And you would really have to put that at like 96%. You know, you can't say 100%, but you really have to look at what you don't know and be able to admit, hey, I don't have all the information in front of me. I may have a hunch that's totally fine. You don't need to neglect if you have this kind of gut reaction and you're a person that lives from the gut. You're like, oh, this is just how I think about things. But realize you don't have all the information and then start putting forecasts, start running experiments and saying, all right, this is what um, this is what I think. So you got another one, Bets? Yeah, I think just really quick relating that to like DFS too, you know, last year was our first year really like going all in on DFS and I think about the mistakes I made the first, you know, two seasons playing like I would just like make lineups willy nilly and be like, oh, this is the week I know Derrick Henry is going to come out and smash for, you know, 203 touchdowns. And I would just make every lineup with Derrick Henry. 
And sometimes that works, right? I did it with, with Dalvin Cook last year, and it was awesome against Green Bay. If you guys recall, he had that like 200 yard game with like four touchdowns. Um, but, you know, that's short sighted. Like, that's not playing probability odds. Like, I didn't manage my bankroll that week. I literally went all in on one player and didn't see the like both sides of the, of the coin or the scenario that, you know, I didn't have all the information. I, I didn't have the ability to um, correctly project forward the realistic chances of him having a smash week. And so, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, dive into like specifics throughout the season and throughout the summer. But um, again, to me, it's just with this, you know, understanding of you, you got to be willing to like be honest with yourself. Like, Hey man, I, I don't know for sure if this is going to happen. I think it will, but here's kind of where it can take a turn for the worse. And here's where I'm going to, you know, make lineups or make decisions that um, almost kind of hedge around that, so to speak, to make sure that you're still profitable and you're still doing uh, a good job making sure that you're keeping yourself honest. And and the thing is with sports, like there are, there's so much probability in everything. It's not 50-50 always, and it's not 0-100. There's just so much more nuance. And there is a big difference between 51% and 50%. And so converting everything you do into percentages um, gets it out of your head and maybe onto a spreadsheet or a notebook, whatever it is. But um, another, another thought I just want to end this on is a lot of times this is what it says in the book. A lot of times people are really open to the feeling of, oh, I was almost right. Like that's Twitter. It's like, oh, if I just would have had this one other player, I would have hit the nuts and I would have won the Millie Maker, you know? But a lot of times we're not open to the alternate, you know, idea, which is maybe I was almost wrong. Sometimes when we actually have a, a play where it hits, we also could have gone the other way where we could have been almost wrong. Like I think about this with Marvin Jones. You know that I was almost right about Marvin Jones being a top 12 wide receiver this past year. Like I said it jokingly on Twitter one time, like, oh, the real wide receiver one in Detroit is Marvin Jones. Like, you know, I didn't really think he was going to go there. But, you know, they took away a touchdown. I don't know if you remember that in week 17. Like he had three touchdowns. He had three touchdowns. It was like a 60 yarder and they took it, took it off. And so there was a chance that he would have finished as wide receiver 12. Instead, he finishes wide receiver 18 and half point. And it was a huge jump. But like, just think about that. There is a there was about like a 20 point difference between like four or five receivers. And if we're open to it, we could also see like there's a wide range for these players and their outcomes. So you need to be able to humble yourself and say, there's a scenario where even though it looked like it was right, I actually could have almost been wrong. And that actually allows you to not have as much hubris and say, oh, I, I called this like, OK, well, it worked out well this time. But using that same process might not work next time, which is why we always talk about uh, process and results. So we're going to talk more about some of those ideas. And if that's kind of like high level stuff, we have articles out on the site to talk about some of those strategies. But let's quickly preview some of the content we're going to be rolling out over the next couple of months and then talk about some of our favorite draft prop bets that you and I just laid some, some cash on recently. So April bets, let's talk about what we're doing over this next month. April's going to be fun. We got some NFL draft uh, props that we'll talk about today. We'll probably do another show or a segment on the show about that in the future, being more detailed about it. Um, and then, you know, the NFL draft will be here in two weeks. We're going to talk about uh, win totals, who we like to get the over, who we like to hit the under, uh, futures bets, MVPs, things like that, division winners, etc. So April's going to be a ton of fun. And then after the NFL draft, we continue in that and we basically see, okay, what changed? You know, do we we still have the same value on a team that we loved going into the draft or have they gotten better? Have they gotten worse? Like where, where are things at? So 
Um, that's kind of what the short-term outlook is. And then I'll kick it back to you, Kyle. What does is, what is the summer look like for the DFS show? Ooh, the summer is the summer of best ball because that's when a lot of people are getting excited. We know where those rookies are going. We're getting to lay of the land of these teams. Um, after mid-May, we actually know the schedules. And that's like one of my favorite times of the year. I always release an article where I talk about 10 insights, the NFL schedule. Uh, Betts and I have actually already gone through the schedules for each team, which is was super fun. 272 games, Betts we looked at and uh so we BKT, know who, maybe we, we know who everyone's playing we don't know the order right now uh so we'll get to kind of unpack that but june and july is super fun talk about best ball we'll do some mocks on here talk about some strategy different best ball values and whatnot uh and then in july we're just going to get into DraftKings and FanDuel and look at some historical stuff and say okay what's actually made good lineups in the past and you, you and I will kind of unpack, like, how do you build that? What are some different strategies and things you can employ to get different in tournaments? And then in cash, like, what are the shortcomings that you and I have had and people often have? But I'll also say this, but before you finish and talk about August, um, if you're a person that's like, I don't bet, like, I don't, I'm not in a state that can do that. Um, I don't really want to put in money. A lot of what we're doing is just talking about forecasting teams. We're talking about football. Uh, we're talking about teams and players from just a high level point of view, and you can use that information as like actionable. I can actually say, hey, I'm, I want to put down money on the Falcons for this reason. But this is more about us talking about football from a, a broad point of view, and you figure out how that can help you. It's going to help you in best ball. It's going to help you in redraft, and it's going to help you in DFS this year. So finish it off. Talk about August. Yes, sir. August, we are talking tips and tricks for DFS, how to be a more successful player and how to win consistently, more roster construction thoughts and, and kind of ways to get unique on the field, but also kind of what's optimal. You know, are you, you know, putting yourself in a situation where you're kind of galaxy branding yourself out of an optimal strategy and not really having an edge, even though you think you have an edge? We'll, we'll talk about that kind of stuff. And then we're going to talk showdown strategy. You know, I wrote up the Thursday Night Football preview last year every week, which was a ton of fun. And I learned a lot about showdown in doing that so we'll talk showdown strategy for uh, thursday night football sunday night football and of course you know your monday night football slates and how to attack that slate very very different than a usual main slate yeah so if you're wondering hey why are you guys doing this in april like we've got a lot of content coming out and we think that's going to aid you in whatever you're playing and whatever you're interested in over the next couple of months if you're one of those people it's like okay i'm in a dynasty league um, I'm, I'm in a home league. I'm excited. I want to play DFS. Like, what do I do now until September? Well, there's lots of different choices for you. And so we kind of want to give the, give you that weekly kind of content. And this is kind of a tease. We're going to give you a tease for next week's episode where we're going to go further into the NFL draft. But bets, let's talk about some of our favorite props right now on DraftKings Sportsbooks about the NFL draft. And that's something that we've had our you know, our eyes on a ton. We've been doing all of our rookie profiles, doing the dynasty pass. So rookies is like what we're talking about, what we're thinking about. We're looking at the draft board. I mean, it's just a fun process. It's like you get two or three months where you get this whole different avenue where we're thinking about projections and players. But now you and I are just talking about like these spots in the draft and these players and what order and, and whatnot. So give me one of your favorite bets that we like. I love the NFL draft. It's so fun, man. That Thursday night is, is, is such a fun time. I mean, everyone's glued to the TV in the NFL community, so uh, it's super fun. But the first bet that I like that I made is Micah Parsons to be the first linebacker taken 
in the draft. And, you know, shout out to Penn State. I'm a Penn State fan, so this might seem like a homer pick. But you look at any NFL draft analyst linebacker rankings, he's number one for everyone. And the reason I bring that up is because you have to lay juice to get this, right? It's minus 400, but it's still undervalued, in my opinion. And, and we don't usually recommend to people like, hey, lay minus 500, lay minus 400, lay minus 600. And if you're not familiar with what that means, basically, it means that you have to pay $400 to win 100 back, basically. So it's not a quote-unquote good bet from that standpoint. But really, this should be, in my opinion, like minus 650, minus 700, something like that. Uh, Micah Parsons is going to be the first linebacker taken. To me, this seems like a, an undervalued bet. So I love that one, despite the heavy juice. Uh, you and I both made that bet uh, today, actually. I'm going to tell you about one that you and I made and bets currently, if I'm not mistaken, this is no longer on the board at DraftKings. Oh, let's go. <laughs> Moving the lines, Borgen bets. No big deal. So, KBD, I, kind of a big deal. It is kind of a big deal and kind of fun, but you know, I won't say that Betts and I were the only ones that were all about this. Uh, but the big news for San Francisco at pick three has been Mac Jones. Like that's been the the you know information that Adam Schefter kind of shared a couple of weeks ago, and people were taking it as gospel. And sports books, surprisingly, were taking it as he's the pick. That's just where the way it is. And you know, there's been more reports over the last week, like okay, something's not right. Uh, they had the, his pro day the other day, and this was just something that was a prop on on DraftKings where it was Justin Fields under four and a half. So in other words, Justin Fields was going to be in the top four picks. And based on the board, um, Jaguars, the Jets, the 49ers, and the Falcons, like it looked like it could go quarterbacks almost for the first four picks. And so Betts and I both jumped on that, um, and the lines moved a ton, a ton from like, it was plus 101 to minus 125 to right now, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to scroll one more time. Like I don't even see his name on the actual DraftKings where you can, you can even place a wager on him. And because things have shifted so much. And a lot of times I think it's those smoke screens. Like we take a lot of things that we hear from the media and whatnot. And we just say, this is how the team feels. Or we take things of how the fantasy community feels and just put that, but that's just not how teams operate. So there's some uh, really great content out there. I want to recommend, uh, I don't like recommending other podcasts all the time, but PFF Forecast, those guys were way ahead of this as well um, and way ahead of, of some of those things. So the super sharp guys, Eric and George, and, and there's something that Betts and I have been talking about for weeks. Like, man, Justin Fields feels like he's a top four pick. So you can't get that anymore. This isn't like a ha ha ha, look at us, but it was something that you and I were ahead of. So Justin Fields... I think he's going to be the third pick, but I'll also add in, I did place a small wager on him being the second overall pick because I could see the Jets do that in every mock. They have Zach Wilson there, but the Jets haven't come out and said anything at all. And so it, it was it was pretty good odds for Justin Fields to be the second overall pick. So Justin Fields for the win. Love it. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback on that one real quick. Uh, I also took him to go to the 49ers on the sportsbook, uh, on DraftKings Sportsbook, you can take players and basically there's odds on which team is going to take them. So uh, I doubled down with Kyle. I also took the uh, Justin Fields to the Niners pick, which at the time was plus money. I think it was like plus 175 Ooh. literally hours ago. And then it moved. So whew, thank goodness for that. It's, it's um, at minus 121 now. 
there you go. So a little bit of, a bit of a closing line value, which you love to see. So hopefully that sticks. We'll see. Obviously, it's a non-zero chance that it doesn't happen. You know, we're, we're really excited about it, but we'll see. I think Justin Fields, honestly, in my opinion, he's my second favorite quarterback in this class. So I would take him at two if it was me. But either way, we are excited about him. I am also going to go in here on the draft props at total wide receivers taken in round one. I'm going to go over four and a half. It is minus 182 the last time I looked. I think it actually moved a little bit, um, if I'm not mistaken. But when I bet it, that's what it was. And here's why. You know, we're, we know we're getting three. Every mock you look at, you're getting Jamar Chase, you're getting Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddell as the top three. And then you look around the industry, you know, you look at what's going on um, with Daniel Jeremiah, you look at what's going on over with Evan Silva at Established Run, you're looking at, you know, these guys that kind of know what's happening in football. Like, they're plugged in. Um, and then you look at the, the names that are there, and there's all sorts of different names that show up in the first round. It's Rashad Bateman, it's Kadarius Tony, you know, it's Rondell Moore in, in someone's mock. It's um, all these guys, Terrace Marshall, your boy Kyle, um, just kind of popping up in the Ooh. first round. So we don't know who it's going to be, but this bet we don't care who it's going to be. We just need it to be five wide receivers in round one, and I think there's some teams that kind of pick from about 16 on that could be in the market for wide receivers. So. I like the over four and a half there um, to go in the first round of the NFL draft. Yeah. And I just updated on our sheet, man. It's already moved to minus 200. So bets you be moving lines, man. Is that, is that what you're doing? I mean, I only put like 5k on it. So yeah, (laughs) he didn't people (laughs) just so you know, he didn't. Um, I'll give you another one. I like right now. It is Jalen Waddle, which is one of my favorite rookie profile articles to write because Jalen Waddle just doesn't fit in a lot of other molds because he's like rock solid. It's about 5'10, 185, runs a freaking fast 4'4, but he also has special teams ability, and that's been shown to have really good correlation in the NFL if you have someone that can do that. He actually outproduced Devonta Smith. I think people forget that in his first games of the year until he got injured. His yards per route run behind the Heisman winner was like right behind it, like 0.01 yards right behind it. So Jalen Waddle's awesome. And right now you can get him for under uh, 11 and a half, which I think is just kind of silly. Uh, and it's minus 125. So it was actually plus 105 when we placed the place to bet. So things are, things are moving in the right direction for, for these that we've done so far. So it, it'll, it'll change next week. I just want to say that from when you get to hear this, and so this was just a tease so that next on next week's show, you and I can talk about our favorite values based on how things moved for next week. Yep. And then last one real quick, uh, total running backs taken around one. It's at 0.5. So basically you're saying, is any running back going to go in the first round or not? I like the under. It's plus 175. So you're getting pretty good value. And I think that we're seeing a trend in the NFL. You know, every year there's a running back that gets taken. And, and this might seem silly, but... Look at what's happened. Like Josh Jacobs, has he been worth the first pick, uh, first round pick for the Raiders? They don't think so. They just signed Kenyon Drake to starter money. Saquon Barkley, it sucks, but he had an injury. Like these things happen. And then you look at Rashad Penny in Seattle. I mean, the names go on and on and on that this just isn't the right thing to do. Like, you know, I think running backs matter. I think there are good running backs and there are not good running backs. But the NFL's kind of philosophy, I think, is kind of shifting to running backs probably don't matter as much as other positions and you look at who's drafting in the positions where running backs going to go. So I don't think we're projecting any running back to go in the top 20 probably. And then you look at kind of who's after that. Okay. We got the Colts. 
they've got Jonathan Taylor. You got the Titans. They've got Derrick Henry. The Jets are a wild card. They could. The Steelers need a running back. They could. The Jaguars, they could. So it sounds scary. But after that, you got the Browns with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. You've got the Ravens who just got J.K. Dobbins. You got the Saints with Alvin Kamara. The Packers just signed Aaron Jones. The Bills are way too smart of an organization to do that. The Chiefs just took CEH. And the Bucks. They have every running back, right? They've got everyone. They've got Keyshawn Vaughn. They've got um, Giovanni Bernard. They've got Rojo. They've got Lenny. Like they, they're probably not going to take a running back in round one. So you basically have to sweat out three picks for this not to hit. And at plus one seventy five, I feel like the value is just there. For sure, I took a small little bet on Travis Etienne to be the first running back because favorites Najee Harris, and I totally get it. Uh, Realize this, when we talk about different wagers we like, it's not so much what we would do, like what we personally would do. It's just, what does the market say? And is there inefficiencies in the market? So we, you know, with Justin Fields, that was one that it's kind of correcting right now um, based on some disinformation. And that's the hardest part with the NFL draft is there's a lot of opinions. There's a lot of mocks. There's a lot of people that just assume everyone's going to trade all the time and it just doesn't always happen. And there's smoke screens like it gives. Think about this with the 49ers. Like that's the team that everybody's talking about. They can say whatever they want and it doesn't matter. Like they can literally say whatever they want, put out whatever they want in the media. They can, you know, leak things, whatever it is, because they ultimately want to do what's best for their team. And sometimes it's leaking really crappy information. And so that's, that was my opinion. Um, and maybe we are right on this one, but there will be times where you and I will just kind of say, ooh, let's follow the trail. Um, but I think that's the fun part of props is figuring out where there's inefficiencies, getting ahead before lines move. And um, it's just another part of forecasting. It's what we we're talking about earlier. So it's fun for both of us to kind of look at that. And uh, dude, I'm excited. So hopefully two weeks from now, some of these uh, will be beneficial. So any last thoughts on some of these? No, I don't think so. We're going to talk about a lot more about these these draft props. Like I said, you know, in the, on the articles on the website, we've got some you know overs unders for NFL franchises. You can guys can check out there. Get a head start on the podcast with those articles. Check it out, man. But make sure you're subscribed anywhere you get your podcast because this year is going to be insane. I cannot wait for this season with the DFS podcast. Make sure you're tuning in. Yep, glad you guys listen in. We're excited to be with you every single week. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.